When you hear the word carnivore, you might think of dinosaurs, but so many humans, myself included, have adapted the diet for themselves. Today, we are getting carnivore curious. I'm Callie Youngstrom, and this is Keep Yourself Well. I am so excited to chat with my guest today. Courtney Luna is on a personal development journey, and that journey includes a carnivore way of eating. Carnivore, W-O-E. That means she's only eating animal-based products, no sweeteners, no vegetables. Based in Southern California, Courtney is a former yacht chef who is now making her living sharing her carnivore and keto-friendly recipes. So many people are following her tips and tricks through Instagram and TikTok, myself included. I've got a lot of my own questions as I'm on my own carnivore curious journey. Let's get into it. Hi, Courtney. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat. It's my pleasure. I feel like I'm I'm chatting with a carnivore celebrity. I've been just deep diving everything of yours. And I want to thank you because you have fully reinvigorated my, I, I'm calling it carnivore curiosity, um, because you came up on my TikTok and here we are. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Yeah. TikTok, you know, it's, it's brought me a lot of like, good things. Like it's a pretty nasty in the comments, but I've gotten a lot of, um, good experiences from it. So I'm happy to hear that's from where we connected. So yay. <laughs> yes. Well, and I'm always very impressed with how you <laughs> respond to people who are, you know, anti whatever or less than kind. Um, I have not yet mastered the art of of how to do that. I am just totally shut down and panic. So I think you do a great job of navigating those people. Uh, and I want to get into that. But first, I want to start with just generally asking how you keep yourself well. Um. Oh, okay. I feel like that could be a lot. I mean, diet uh, would be like 90% of it, I feel like for me, at least. And lately, I'm getting better about getting my workouts in. I've never loved doing that. And, and I was active all my life. I played soccer all my life. So it's been hard for me to get in that, but I'm going one week strong right now. Yeah. Good <laughs> which for you. I feel like it's good for me. Um, I've got some motivation behind me that like keto con is in a couple months and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I'm going to see all these internet friends and I'm going to have no filter on, <laughs> and you know, like, so I just, I want to look as best as I can for that. Um, and just little biohacking things here and there that I've been trying to implement more um, for my overall wellness, like morning sunlight, and I do some fasting here and there, some grounding. I just got a red light panel. So I'm, yeah, I'm stoked for that. So, you know, I do a little, a little bit of things here and there to, that I feel like, you know, are little puzzle pieces for overall wellness. I think that's a really great way to put it, like the metaphor of a puzzle. And I feel like that nutrition is almost like, you know, you fill in that the border first. Yeah. Um, and I have been following your carnivore journey. And I think that there's huge merit to dialing in nutrition first and then adding in the exercise, you know, because it's a lot to try to 180 
everything all at once and it can become really overwhelming. So I know with my clients, you know, sometimes we do it. It's dependent on the person. You like rip the bandaid off and just like, let's do the whole thing. And sometimes it's like comprehensive one, you know, one step at a time. And that's a really balanced approach. Like you've got the mental and the physical. And then in terms of mental health, do you do anything specific? Because I know that's something that you'd been talking about with your carnivore journey is wanting the mental health benefit too. Yeah. So I definitely agree with what you're saying. It, it, it can be very overwhelming to do all these things at once. Like it took me, you know, nine months essentially to get back into working out and, and eight months to, um, you know, getting more outside in the, in the morning sunlight. So doing 800 things at once can be very overwhelming and not sustainable. So, I mean, definitely just dialing in the diet and the rest can fall into place as you're ready for them. And yeah, you might be ready for all that right away, but for me, it just, it feels like a lot. Um, and the mental health that is like, it's such a huge part of things. So I'm stoked. I used to be on Zoloft and eating this way has helped me come off of that. But I also do like a lot of like deep work. I have, I have a coach and I started with her before carnivore and how we work together or why we started to work together is because I've known her for a few years on the online space. I've always shared my my food journey and my recipes. So it was low carb keto for a while. And then I had four months of bullshit intuitive eating where I got fat. Um, so in that time, I put out in my stories, like, I need help. Like, I am like, I'm a binge eater. I'm addicted to carb sugar, blah, 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 blah. So she asked me if I would be open to some suggestions. Um, I don't know if you're into human design, but me and her are both projectors. So you need to like wait for the invitation. So she asked for the invitation to give me more information. And so I started working with her in hopes of getting to the root of my food issues, mm -hmm. which I think was important and in a way opened me up to be receptive of carnivore. So we did a lot of inner child work, shadow work, uh, that inner child meditations and healing. So it's a lot like of like woo stuff, if you will, but it's like, it works, it works for me. So getting to the root of issues and really focusing on mental health has been awesome doing all that self care. Um, but also like the diet comes so much into play. Like if you're eating tons of carbs and sugar and that's causing inflammation, you know, that's going to affect your brain as well. So I feel like they all go hand in hand and I'm just stoked at where I'm at today compared to what I was a year ago. Congratulations. I mean, and that's the thing you started talking about your carnivore journey within 30 days of doing it. You knew that this was a substantial enough of a change that it was fundamentally changing your life, you know, that you needed to talk about it. And I think all of those things, it's like this, you know, and that's why on the podcast, my whole goal, I'm like, let's bridge the gap between the mental and the physical. Because I think when we talk about nutrition, it's, you know, physicality is over here. But especially with, you know, keto and carnivore, it's so impactful for mental health. And like you said, it's just all so integrated. Um, and congratulations on coming off of Zoloft, because how amazing is that to know that your body can just support you through nutrition. Yeah, that was nice because I was on a very high dose at one point and I just felt so numb. Like I, I'm an emotional person. Like I will cry over a puppy commercial and we'd be like watching movies and my husband would look at me like expecting me to cry. And I'm just like, mm, nothing. So we lowered the dose 
this is still before a carnivore. So it was so low that it was helping a little bit, but I still wasn't great. So I was able to see and feel how, when I started carnivore, I, I could tell a shift in my mood because the meds weren't doing quite enough. So after a while, I'm like, oh, I feel so much better. Like I feel a difference. And so I'm like, let's try and wean myself off of it. As winter drags on, Sweet and Sprouted is making it easy to get your favorite low-carb, sugar-free, and gluten-friendly options delivered right to your home. Shop online and enjoy quick access to healthier alternatives to your traditionally sugar-filled faves. They offer free shipping on most orders over $150 and consistently have the latest and greatest in groceries, ingredients, and keto-friendly snacks to fill any craving. And to sweeten the shopping experience, they're offering you 10% off your next order with the code wellness10. That's 10% off at sweetensprouted.com using promo code wellness10. Good for you. Well, and coming to that intuitive conversation, I feel like there's almost pressure within the dieting world to be intuitive. And I through my personal experience and coaching, think that it's nearly impossible to eat intuitively on a carb-based diet because of what carbs do to our glucose and resulting insulin and all the cravings and hormonal shifts that come with it. And I know you made the choice to cut out fruit. And I believe right now you're doing no dairy as well. And I think even those inclusions make it a little bit more challenging for people to even do animal-based and intuitively, because they do have like the fructose has that in influence on insulin and even lactose has that, you know, slight insulin response as well. So I think intuitive is way easier on more, the farther you get towards carnivore. Yeah, I agree. So before I even, cause I did start out animal based, um, for the first five weeks and right before that, for four months, I tried to intuitively eat all the things I fell into that anti diet diet culture, you know, influencers on Instagram. It's like, there's no bad food. Everything's on the table. I'm like, great. Yes. I can have my croissants. Okay. Well, when you're a carbon sugar addict, continuing to eat those foods aren't going to be beneficial for you. You're still going to like obsess over them and think about them all the time. Even when I was keto, having all those like keto treats, even though they fit my macros, like it was just constant. I was constantly thinking about carbs and sugar. So that's where I was before I jumped into animal-based. And so I did animal-based for five weeks, being mindful of the carbs because of coming from a low carb place. I'm like, okay, I had some like blueberries and maple syrup, some honey. I was probably around 50 to 75 carbs. But after a while, I would, I would be satisfied from my meal of a ribeye. I would be full, but it's like my mouth wanted more blueberries. Like, so I was noticing that like, oh, I still want this sugar. And I had no intention of ever being strict carnivore. So I'm like, this is great. I can have like this sugar and sweet foods. Um, so I quickly realized that wasn't working for me. And I just need to abstain. Like some of us can't moderate. There's a reason why I don't drink alcohol anymore too. Like there's no one glass, like I'm going to have the whole bottle. So if that's okay, if that's, you know, socially acceptable to not be a drinker, why is it not okay to, you know, get rid of carbs and sugar from our diet? So yes, it's easy, like you said, on strict carnivore to intuitively eat. No one's going to go binge a ribeye. Like they're delicious, but you stop 
when you're full. And with the dairy too, I am having it here and there now. I did do a big stint without it, but I feel better without it. And my hunger cues are better without it. I could easily fall down the path of binging on a pint of cream because it tastes sweet to me now. So oh. yeah. So I think strict carnivore, especially for those that have carbon sugar issues is like the way to go for sure. Yeah. Well, and as you're noticing, like you said, all of a sudden heavy cream tastes sweet, your palate changes so quickly and you start tasting like depth of flavor in foods. And that happens even in keto. You know, I know all of a sudden it's like raspberries taste like candy, bell peppers taste so much sweeter than you've ever noticed. And then it's one step further with uh, carnivore, but it is interesting that kind of social acceptance and judgment of it. And, uh, you know, we don't tell someone who's a, an alcoholic to just practice moderation. We totally support abstinence because we understand that. And I think that we need to have these conversations around food because I think food is the most challenging addiction because you still need it to survive and you're constantly surrounded by it. So, you know, alcohol, you can at least, if you need to remove yourself from those situations, that's still a tough one, but, you know, gambling, whatever it is, drugs, you can remove yourself from being in those environments, you're never going to get that with food. It's always going to be there. So I always argue that it's one of the, the most challenging addictions. And we know through brain scans and, uh, you know, neurochemicals that it's just as addicting, if not more than a lot of hard substances are, but we just view it so differently that sugar. So when we're told, well, we should be able to practice moderation, it just is totally non- sensical. And I feel like we, you know, you get a lot of pushback in the social media world about like the lack of balance, but is it a treat if it's causing you to want more or making you feel unwell? Like if the croissant makes you feel bloated and foggy and, and swollen, like, is that something you should be practicing moderation with? So how did you get to keto originally? And what was your experience tra transitioning from, from keto to intuitive eating to carnivore, because I know you use the words, you've had like a wonky relationship with food, which I, I like that because it's very, just like all encompassing the struggle. So walk me through that progression. Yeah. So my husband turned us on to keto probably like seven years ago. And it's so funny. I, you know, I've, I guess you could say I've been yo-yo dieting since the age of 13 and I'm almost going to be 39. So it took me this long to like finally have a healthy relationship with food. So I never was coming from a place of, of health all those years. It was always about weight loss. I, I don't know if I, I think I just thought like, Oh, if you're at a healthy weight, um, then you're healthy. If you're thin, you're healthy. Um, I never really thought about like what was going on the inside going on in the inside. So even with keto, the plan was to lose weight and it worked, but it wasn't, it didn't totally work for me. Like I said, I was on and off of it. So, you know, cheat meals on the weekends sometimes would turn into cheat weeks. So I could never like fully stick with it long-term. Maybe if I was, you know, not having the keto treats and those fake sugars and just sticking to, you know, whole foods, maybe it would have worked better, but I still think like, having if I was having fruit, that wouldn't have worked for me either. So I gained and lost, gained and lost. And I had just, um, I guess it's been two years now, um, lost almost all the baby weight from my second baby 
doing low carb keto. I was exercising. I was tracking my macros. Like I was in it. I lost, I think like 50 pounds and I was at the weight, which I'm almost at right now. Like I'm two pounds away from that weight. And I decided to stop what was working for me and try that intuitive eating stuff. And it's so frustrating because <laughs> I gained 40 pounds in four months and I'm just now almost getting all that off. So I'm mad at my past self for doing that, but I also feel like like that was just part of my journey. Like I needed to do all that to get to where I was today because who knows, I might've just still stayed in the low carb keto world if I didn't, you know, intuitively eat because I never even heard of carnivore till a year ago. I'm, I, I don't know why I was so out of the loop. Like even following all these low carb keto accounts, I never saw carnivore. It took a year ago seeing Saladino's TikToks for me to realize. Yeah. And you have these like carnivores that are like 13 years, 20 years. I'm like, why didn't anybody tell me this? I know. <laughs> well, I mean, not to be a total conspiracy theorist, but probably some of it is because on social media, it is shadow banned. Did it, was it you that I just saw share in your Instagram story? Someone said like their account had unfollowed you, but they didn't actually unfollow you. And yes. like Dr. Saladino's, his Instagram was what happened. He had to restart it because his account was bad. Like, I mean, it happens. It's still so, I feel like people still haven't adjusted to carnivore or sorry, to keto, you know, like that's not still not even mainstream yet, let alone carnivore. Like I think it's going to yeah. be a long, a long time till it's widely accepted. So I wouldn't say I'm that surprised that it didn't even come across your you know, onto your radar. So what would, what do you say to people if they say that you're like perpetuating diet culture? Because you, you know, you even said you fell into that kind of pressure of like the anti diet culture. I always try to say like, I've been keto for the better part of 10 years and I've been keto specific coaching for a large period of that. But I always do my best to not be perpetuating diet culture because I think that this is a lifestyle and it's sustainable and it's, you know, meant to be intuitive when done properly. But I know not everyone would agree that keto in itself or carnivore in itself is not perpetuating diet culture. Yeah, I mean, I don't really like understand their message with that. Like they say that there's no like good or bad foods, that everything is okay. And that's like, well, how? I mean, can't we all agree that sugar is not good for us? Even if you want to consume it, I'm not going to judge you, but it, it, shouldn't that be like a common ground? And it's not. I mean, do they also do heroin on the weekends? Like just Saturday, because, you know, everything in balance and moderation, like how is it any different? Going back to what you're saying about, you know, coming off a of substance, I've seen a lot of comments on people's posts. Like I, you know, am clean and sober from heroin and alcohol and getting rid of sugar has been like the hardest thing. So I don't get why it needs to be all of these ingredients that don't serve as well to be considered balanced. So yeah, someone might say that, you know, this is diet and diet culture, but to me, I feel like it's the optimal way that we should be eating. And why do we need to have these garbage ingredients that are new too? like, these are all like new to us. We didn't have, you know, pastries, you know, hundreds of years ago. So why are, why is that supposed to be okay? I don't know. I feel like people are, have been brainwashed and it all comes down to money. Follow the money trail. All these companies are just trying to get money. 
that's what I say when I try, when I try to talk about that side of things, it's very difficult to talk about it and not sound like a conspiracy theorist. I'm like, no, no, I know it sounds crazy because it is crazy where you see where the funding's coming and who's publishing the studies and who like, it's absolutely bonkers and understanding like the, where big pharma comes into play and then where the food companies come into play with the research. So um, I think it's true. We've normalized it, but we also at one point thought it was normal for pregnant women to smoke cigarettes and to smoke in a doctor. Like we've thought lots of things were normal within the last hundred years, which now we think sound absolutely bonkers. So I'm hoping that with time, that's part of it, you know? So what does your version of carnivore look like right now? Because I noticed that you do, you don't seem to do lots of like any, well, anywhere you can tell me pork. I'm currently on a enjoying pork and eggs kick right now. So I'm just curious. I want to know what your version of carnivore looks like right now, because I know there's been some fluctuations within, what are you, nine, nine months now, carnivore? Yeah. So I do have pork. I actually just made a huge instant pot um, of pork the other day for carnitas. Yeah. So I pretty much eat every animal that has eyeballs. I've eaten it, Um, but mainly beef. I feel my best. Um, with lots of beef. So burger patties, just bowls of ground beef, um, ribeyes, do a couple steaks of ribeyes a week just to like mix it up for different textures. Um, but I love chicken wings. I've been loving chicken wings lately. I do have some pork occasionally. Um, bacon, have a lot of bacon. I eat a lot of butter. People do not appreciate that. Um, Apparently, if you put it on bread, then it's fine. If you put it in cookies, you're good. Yeah. If you eat it by itself, that's a no-no. <laughs> right. Adding the fat and sugar together, totally justifiable when it has the worst metabolic response. But doing it in the way your body responds well to, absolutely not. Yeah, I think I it's, mean, the, it's the biting of the sticks of butter that really <laughs> kills people, which I appreciate. It's very triggering. And, and that's like new to me. I probably wouldn't have enjoyed that day one. Yeah. but your taste buds adjust, your body wants different things. Like there's days where it's like, I want that butter and I'll eat probably like a stick of butter straight from the fridge. The texture is amazing. Like (laughs) it's just delicious. So yeah, I think that pretty much sums up what I'm eating. I did do like a 30 day, no dairy felt awesome. Added it back in for five days. Did not feel awesome. Um, but I'm just trying to have it occasionally now. Like I did have some yesterday cause I was playing with a new recipe. So I had some cheese, probably too much. Um, but if I could just like once a week have my creamy coffee that I like and like kind of leave it at that, a bite of a cheese here and there. Cause I find when I have cream at home and have a creamy coffee that I want more. So it's like, like we were talking about earlier, the dairy can be a little addictive too. So I'm trying to find my balance with that, with mainly being off of it. So when you say you felt awful when you brought it back in, is that digestively, energetically, overconsumption? Like what do you feel when you do overconsume dairy? Yeah, like mentally, I didn't feel good because I felt like I kept wanting more of it, especially the cream. So I was kind of feeling like I was going back into my old binge habits. And I just felt like 
uh, I just kind of felt like heavy. I don't know if bloated, but just, it just felt like a lot. Um, it does mess with my skin. So it, it will cause some breakouts for me. And the scale goes up when I have dairy, even if it's just a little bit, I don't know what it is, but it will hundred percent go up. Really sensitive to it. Interesting. Yeah. I forget who I was listening to. Maybe Kelly Hogan and is that, I can't remember one of the like OG carnivore ladies. And she was saying like every, she gives herself like a few uh, dairy days a month, like just to, you know, not cut it out completely, but have that little bit of balance. And I like that you've done it in this kind of progressive way, because I think it's very much a continuum, you know, like, you know, there's kind of like the lion diet version, carnivore, animal-based, like there's a continuum of this. And I think you started with more flexibility and then have like, you know, brought it down and then introduce things again to see what works for you. And you weren't dealing with anything specifically autoimmune, which I know is why a lot of people come to carnivore, but then when your skin flares up and stuff, you know, like I'm convinced that dairy is the thing that has to go for me likely to bring my skin to where it needs to be. So I'm just like slowly tapering it down to cut it out and then I'll bring it back in so I can see like how my obvious baseline adjusts when I do experiment it with it. So what about supplementation? What are you doing right now? If any, um, I do once in a while have a magnesium. Um, sometimes I'm like, I'll notice like in the middle of the night, if you go to like stretch once in a while, you'll get like a Harley horse or whatever. Yeah, well. So that's kind of common. I hear people using like magnesium sprays And then you hear people that don't have any issues. So that's like a once in a while thing. I'm not really good about taking it consistently, but it is supposed to help with anxiety too. Um, I want to say like the magnesium glycinate one, there's so many like different versions of magnesium. Um, So I do that. I do a ton of salt, um, probably like two tablespoons a day. I love salt. I don't force it. I just eat like what tastes good. I'll put them in my water. So that's like a super important electrolyte that people need to have, especially if they're like in the beginning, they might be feeling a little lightheaded or dizzy or weak, like definitely have that. And then once in a blue moon, I have organ organ supplements and I'll take one or two of those. The recommendation is like six every day. I don't feel like that's necessary. I don't know. I, I think people are overdoing it on the organs these days. Um, If you think about the fact that like, we would probably eat like the size of, we would eat like one cow a year. And if you think of, you know, I've talked about this before and I still haven't looked it up. I should probably get a visual on what the size of those organs actually look like. Um, But I don't think it's as much as people are having. And I think there can be some issues with that. Like it was too much vitamin A or something, toxicity. So yeah, I would be mindful on the organs. That's really interesting. You mentioned vitamin A because for my skin, I'm taking Accutane, which I don't know if you know anything about, but it's really challenging on the body. And I'm convinced that one of the reasons I've responded well to it is because I have so much fat in my diet and vitamin A is fat soluble. But that's something that I always consider too, is the, so say whether it's a family or a tribe or however we would have been eating historically, yeah, one ruminant animal to a group of people, whether five or 15, you're dividing those organs over a stretch of time and a quantity of people that you wouldn't be eating a whole liver personally over a week. Like, I think it's really 
small doses. And then even the organ companies, like the supplement companies, although I would think they're probably doing a better job than a lot of other supplement companies in the industry, they still want to make money. So they want you to be using it on a regular 30 day basis. So you have to replenish. And, but I've heard, I don't eat organ meat consistently enough, but I've heard a lot of people say that they can kind of feel when they're craving it and when they feel like they're lacking something. You know that I have a daily routine when it comes to fuel for my body, and that includes hydration. I start every single day with a healthy dose of electrolytes and always replenish them again later in the day. Most of us are severely deficient in electrolytes despite their importance in almost every single human cellular function our body performs. And when it comes to electrolytes, I have truly tried them all. Let me tell you, Element is by far my favorite and the best on the market, hands down. Their team has not only formulated a product with the perfect levels of sodium, potassium, and magnesium for optimal function, but they left out all the sugar and all the extra, which is so key when you're living the sugar-free, ketogenic, low-carb lifestyle. Their product is not just based in science, though it is very much so. It also tastes amazing. Watermelon salt and raspberry salt are my hands-down favorites, but I also love sprinkling a little bit of the chocolate salt in my coffee every morning. You should definitely try them for yourself. Head to my website, kywellness.ca, and click Element under the Products tab, and Element is offering you a free gift with purchase. Let's get salty. You never regularly used an electrolyte supplement, just sodium, magnesium from time to time. Yeah, I never, I never did like the hat you're wearing. I, I did get a box of the things and I sent them with my husband to work. So I've actually never tried them. Um, when I was keto, cause they talk about potassium a lot. Like we would get light salt and put that in water cause it has potassium in it. Cause potassium is like hard. It's weird. Like I've looked into supplements and it's like super low, like a very low percentage of like what you would need in a day. So but I haven't been using that since carnivore. So I don't know what, I don't know. I'm confused on the potassium thing. Cause it was really pushed with keto. Well, and I think it is, you just need a, you do need a small amount, you know, and in keto people get it through like avocado and other sources fairly easily. But I mean, you do get, that's the beauty of the simplicity of it is you can get essentially everything you need through red meat. I love eggs. I saw you were saying that you're not a huge egg lover. Um, but you know, eggs, you get a large variety of nutrients as well. And I just like the little bit of textural difference. I feel like egg yolk is my condiment now alongside butter. I do love that. Yes. I've been, I've been actually, since I did that BBBE, which is beef, bacon, butter, and eggs, I developed a, a more of a love for eggs. Like I'm still not it, but like, I like soft boiled eggs and stuff. So I do love a runny yolk, but it just made me think of the potassium. I think I just shared this in my story so that I should remember properly, but, um, bacon, like having a pile of bacon has more potassium than a banana. So I'm, I guess that's enough, right? Yeah. yeah you're getting everything you need. And actually I think the BBE, that's where I kind of came across you because I started watching your daily mm. updates and what you're doing. So, I would love to know how you navigate this in a family setting, because if I remember, it was your husband that kind of like mentioned carnivore to you originally. So is your whole family carnivore now? Do the kids do a keto carnivore hybrid, if you're willing to talk about it? Yeah. So yes, my husband's carnivore. He occasionally on business trips will have 
some off-plan stuff and some cocktails, but he bounces right back. It's not like a trigger for him to like start mm -hmm. eating all these carbs. Um, but he's been strict carnivore since the beginning, even though I was animal based. Um, and the kids we've, we've made lots of changes. Um, I, I'm assuming no haters are going to be listening to this. I, I feel like I can be a little honest because I've yeah. shared stuff before and they just like rip me apart. So it's like, I don't talk about my kids on TikTok at least. Um, but they are very animal heavy and they do have fruit dairy products, all that, but they do still have some grains here and there. We try to be mindful of it. Um, it's hard. The kid thing is hard. I, I don't know. Cause it's like, you know, and I think about like, ideally, like if I think this is the best way to be eating, then why aren't my kids doing it? But you know, it's a battle. And, and I guess that's a, that's a me issue that I don't want to deal with a tantrum. So, you know, I'll give them these like rice sticks that we have or whatever, but it, it is minimal. We, we really minimize sugar. There's no ice cream at home. I'll make them like a smoothie, which I guess, you know, someone could argue that's probably not any better <laughs> because it's all sugar. So it's hard to figure that out, but definitely the seed oils are mindful of not having things with seed oils, minimal sugar. And I don't know that that's tough that I'm still figuring out right now. I mean, good for you. It's a journey. And I think everyone's doing the best they can. And that's why I work with almost all moms just through happenstance. And, you know, we talk about that all the time, like what's the best way. And I, I always project you know, it's easy for me to say not having kids, but if, and when I do have kids, like what my ideal way of feeding them for the beginning would be, but also recognizing the challenge of that, even just socially, like you have to send them out into the wild and you don't want them to have these food complexes because it's not the norm. And so everybody else would, you know, like there's just a lot to navigate. So good for you. I don't think there's a right way. I think it's everyone's doing the best they can and how their health is, right? Like how health responds, behavior responds. So yeah. Yeah. I definitely like, yeah. And I don't ever want to be like religious about things either. Like I've gotten comments, like, because I made like a hollandaise and had a, a squeeze of lemon and they just like lost their shit. It's like, you know what? Like I, I'm not here to be preaching this strict way of carnivore. Like I have, I don't use seasonings at home anymore, but I'll have a chopstick that has seasoning. Or if I go out, I'm sure it does. Like I'm about doing what makes me feel my best. And occasionally if that's, you know, a squeeze of lemon or something, then, then that's okay. Like, I'm not going to be like diehard about this. It's insane to me. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, very healthy, you know, like when I, so I did a carnivore experiment basically exactly three years ago in March and I did 30 days. And at that time I was like, okay, I've kind of seen the light. I, I, I used the Pandora's box. It was like, okay, I kind of opened Pandora's box where I'm like, oh shit. Like now I know that I can feel, you know, carbs to keto have taken me here and then keto to carnivore can take me here. So it's like, I know that next step exists, but I just wasn't ready to take it for whatever reason at that time. And I think part of it was actually accepting, like, although I feel like I have a very healthy relationship with food and coming from a bodybuilding background, I feel like I just got out scot-free in comparison to what it does to a lot of people, but I felt it uh, like triggering some things from that experience. And I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to table it for now, but no, it's there. But part of it was letting go of like the social 
expectations of nutrition, you know, even the keto expectations and my reliance on having a dessert, having something sweet, even though it was keto. And I heard a great quote the other day, and it was like, you can't expect to eat the things that made you sick in just a different version of them and get healthy, you know? And like, I think there's again, room on the spectrum for that, but it was a good, like, oh yeah. Okay. I'm maybe trying to have my cake and eat it too, too frequently when I know it's not necessarily making me feel my absolute best. Yeah, I get that. And, and yeah, I mean, but good for you for having an open mind when you first heard it, even if maybe you weren't quite ready and that's fine. I feel like we all come to things at the perfect timing, but some of these people are just so resistant and it's like, gosh, if only you would just give it a chance or just, just start questioning, dig a little deeper. Don't rely on the first, you know, Google search link that comes up, you know, like a lot of these studies are funded, like hello, Ansel keys, like, you know, it's, it's all about the money and people have been so brainwashed about nutrition and it's too make money for these companies to make money. Like this stuff gets me riled up. (laughs) What When people send me, and that's why I I used to feel like it was like, okay, I need to be the one on my soapbox re-educating or uneducating or convincing you otherwise. Right. And it was just so exhausting. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm here for the people who are ready to hear about keto and now to hear about carnivore and the people that aren't ready I mean, I think those are the people that are commenting on your on your TikTok. And, you know, like I'm very blessed to have a, a super positive community. But I think it's also because it's all I've been talking about for a very long time. You know, when I started, I for sure got pushback. Like when I started talking about keto, people would say like they I've seen comments on yours, like you're going to kill yourself. And I'm like, well, so far I'm doing OK. But, you know, well, let's find out, I guess. But that's the thing. The first Google searches are probably not going to be positive because it's what And I think it's, you know, sometimes not what people want to hear. People want to hear that they can have their cake and eat it too. And it's just that easy. You can have, if it fits your macros and intuitive eating, but you know, I think in reality that that doesn't work for the majority of people and even the processed keto foods, right? Like those are coming up more and more like the keto sweets and and all of those things that you can get at Costco or wherever. And I think that they can work for people, you know, to kind of bridge the gap and make those steps, but it can cause digestive issues. It can cause you to want to overconsume. So I think regardless, whole foods is always a more beneficial base. So I would love to know, because I know that your background is in food and you're a self-proclaimed foodie and you're a chef. And I also, when I found that out, it made me feel a lot better about myself because I would look at the meals that you're cooking on carnivore. I'm like, Oh my God, that looks, how does she do that with all the meat? It looks amazing. I'm like, here's my bowl of ground beef and butter and an egg. And this is as fancy as it gets. I know you do a lot of just burger patties and stuff too, but, um, so how did that identity, was it challenged? I feel like that's a hard shift to go from like, you're, you're a chef, to carnivore and navigating being a foodie and like wanting to eat out and enjoy restaurants. Has that been a challenge for you with carnivore? It hasn't, you know, I just, I just love the way I'm eating so much right now. I love the simplicity of it. You know, when I used to cook for a living or even just at home, it's, you know, a million ingredients and it's nice to just be like, all right, what animal do you want tonight? So it's very simple. Um, And yeah, going out to eat, I mean, I'm not tempted by anything and I feel good eating this way. So, you know, if things weren't working or I didn't feel great, then it would probably be 
tempting or it would be a struggle, but I'm like excited by the way I eat. Like it's fun. It's delicious. So yeah, I mean, it's just, I'm just pumped on it. Like every day I'm excited for what I have to eat. And people are like, how do you not get bored? I'm like, cause it's freaking delicious. Like who doesn't want to eat like a bacon cheeseburger or a ribeye? Well, I guess some people don't, but I mean, it's like, I don't know. I just, I love it. Good for you. Well, and you're, I think you're, you're doing a great job making it fun and being creative. You know, you share carnivore recipes and like hollandaise and things like that, where you can still mix it up and maybe it's not the thing you're eating every day, but on a weekend, if you want to eat something. And I think that's one of the things I kind of did a lot of meditating on before I decided to commit back to it. And, you know, I went in with a very, I think, open mind to like, I'm just going to see if I can feel better. And as long as I keep feeling better and performing better and functioning optimally, I'll keep doing this. And, you know, that's exactly how I came to, to keto. So for me, it was like, yeah, the, if there's some dill on the salmon I get at a restaurant, but everything else is carnivore, I'm not going to have a conniption about it. And I had to commit to that early because I know it's easy for me to be overly specific and dogmatic. So like, okay, you know, 24, seven, 365, will it be perfect? No, but controlling what I can, when I can, and leaving room for that little bit of flexibility, you know, when eating out and things like that. So how did you navigate like family and friends? Did you kind of mentally prepare them and say, Hey, this is a thing we're doing as a family. Do you get some pushback or did you just ease into it and let everyone kind of come along for the ride? Yeah. You know what? My immediate family, like my parent, my two sets of parents, um, my in-laws, like they've all, um, my dad and my stepmom are still keto, but they've all like dabbled in it when we started it years ago. Um, and so they're, you know, they're almost there. They just have some plants, you know, so they're totally accepting. And I've had some family members, you know, after seeing what I've gone through are now carnivore. Um, so yeah, I just didn't, I didn't care for me. It was just like, Oh, this is what we're doing may sound crazy, but I feel good. And I find I've never had anything, at least to my face, no pushback or any like comments, everything, everyone's just fascinated by it because they're like, wait, what you don't eat vegetables? Like what? So they'll like ask questions, but yeah, nothing, nothing negative in person. All the negativity comes from online. And that the negativity online is always funny to me because I'm like, oh, well, this isn't for you. Like if you're not interested <laughs> in carnivore, what are you, what are you doing here? Like just keep scrolling. So I think you handle it very well. And I would love to know how has the transition been from your career, like a more traditional career to motherhood, which is its own full-time job. And then now you've kind of transitioned into the social media side. I'm not sure what you call, if you give yourself a title, whether it's coach or guide or influencer, or, you know, how has that journey been for you adapting to this? Because I don't know if that was something that you had planned or it just kind of organically grew. And now here you are. Yeah. So I've been showing up online, um, for, I mean, even when I was at the end of like my yachting career, I had an Instagram, it was here and there. So I was sharing my food stuff then. Um, and so, yeah, when, when I started sharing this, so, I mean, I just continued with the journey, low carb keto, like a couple years ago, I was sharing, never got any bad comments. Like it was just whatever, but also like not a lot of people cared. The growth was very slow. 
Um, and so it was just a natural transition to share carnivore because I'm already showing up and I'm like, hey, this is what I just learned. I'm like, I'm going to try it because I feel like shit right now. And so I'm going to take you along on the journey. And I, I wasn't, when I first started, I wasn't really following any influencers, um, besides seeing Paul Saladino. So I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know that like, okay, brace yourself. You're going to get hate. Like I had no idea that was going to happen. So that was interesting to see. Um, I definitely wasn't prepared for that. I feel like I've come a long way, um, from the early days of crying every day, reading these comments. Um, so yeah, it's, and I, something about carnivore just it grew things quickly I think because it's so controversial so people like to share their opinions and that pushes engagement and it pushes your stuff out more so I think that's why a lot of people are seeing it and I feel like it's kind of like trending right now I don't know thanks to TikTok so yeah it's been an interesting journey and yeah and doing all this while being a stay-at-home mom with my kids so yeah it's been a a wild ride. Definitely wasn't expecting all this. Well, and I mean, personally, I'm so appreciative that that hate and pushback hasn't stopped you from doing what you're doing and that you found maybe a healthier way of managing that because you totally, you like sparked that curiosity for me. And I think people need to see real people going through this journey. And you were very vulnerable from the start of kind of saying like, Hey, I, I don't necessarily know everything yet. And maybe this won't be what I'm doing forever, but it's working. And then just kind of sharing every step of the journey. And as you've transitioned into like taking it more carnivore and less animal based. And so I really appreciate that because it shows everyone that it's possible too. We just need to see experiences of, of people doing it. You know, I think if you come across Paul Saladino's page now when he's been doing this for ages and i mean i know he's made many changes to his approach and things or you know one of the carnivores that's been doing it for 20 10 or 20 years that maybe is almost not doesn't seem realistic for someone as a starting point so you give i think a really great example of what that looks like and even navigating a family and motherhood and so yeah good for you and i just i mean i know you're creating such an amazing community so I know you talked about some of the benefits that you've experienced, and I would love to just highlight the main benefits you've experienced. And I saw you did an Instagram poll yesterday too, sharing some of the other benefits that your community has experienced through carnivore. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I had that saved to a highlight too, if anyone is curious, because it was just like, wow, I have the goosebumps right now because it's like, why are people so dismissive of the way we eat when these are the benefits. I mean, some of the big ones that stand out to me was someone said they put their MS in remission. Exactly. And, like, yeah. And isn't that what Christina Applegate and Selma Blair have? I believe so. If I'm remembering correctly. And it's like, oh my gosh, like somebody get this message to them. Like we're watching them deteriorate. And it's like, what if this could help? You know, someone else said they feel le less autistic. So I don't know if symptoms are the right word, but whatever like comes along with that, you know, sensory issues and this and that she said um, were lessened. Um, so that's rad. You know, arth people with arthritis, blood pressure, diabetes. I, I mean, I feel like it's almost like the miracle diet. Like, I don't want to say that some people might not have benefits from it. I would find that hard to believe, but it seems like if you've got an issue, <laughs> this will fix it. 
So those have been awesome to read. Oh, migraines. I have two friends that like get migraines all the time and I just want them to try this so bad and they're not quite ready, I guess. And it's like, I feel like I have the golden ticket. Give it a shot. <laughs> That's one of the things that I find most challenging and, you know, through, through keto, even alone is that you have to wait till people are ready and it's hardest with the people you love. You know, my, my family is now basically all keto, but in the beginning stages, when I was like trying to push it on them a little bit more because I just love them. And I was so excited. And I'm like, you know, I know that this will help X, Y, Z, and you'll feel better if you have to wait until people are ready. And so do you know what? I can almost guarantee that there's those people who are in your comments negatively right now, who maybe in a year or two years, they've gone through that, the decision-making stages of like contemplation, pre-contemplation, contemplation, and you're planting those seeds now. You know, I will have clients who come to you and they're like, yeah, I've been following you for three years, but like, I'm finally ready now. I'm like, perfect. You know, like you, you said, it's so important. Like there's no judgment in this journey. It is the, the rate that works for you and it will come as it needs to. So what myths, if any, or misconceptions did you have going into carnivore? And what would you say are the biggest carnivore myths you now hear from other people that we could maybe debunk today? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was wild to not be eating vegetables, you know, and people even say like, what about all your vitamins and minerals? It's like, I thought that too. You think of red meat, you're like, okay, you get some iron, some protein and fat. It literally has everything you need. Mind you, things are in small doses. Vitamin C is very, very, very low. But when you're having a low to no carb diet, your requirements for vitamin C are low. I mean, we don't have scurvy. And I believe that kicks in around like month three. So we're fine with that. Um, some other things are like heart disease, clogged arteries, um, I, all of those little things, which I like, I've heard this analogy that, okay, don't like eating like cholesterol and stuff. Don't blame the firefighters for a house fire. Just because they're there doesn't mean it was their fault. So yes, when someone has heart disease or a heart attack or clog arteries, the cholesterol is there. We're made up of cholesterol, but it wasn't the fault of eating eggs, butter, and meat. It's literally damage caused by carbs and sugar. Um, and people don't understand that. And because they've been misinformed, they're being told that and they're believing that. So mm -hmm. that's really frustrating. I, I have an interview, if anyone wants to dive deep more into this with Dr. Ovedia, he's a heart surgeon and he we kind of go over all these topics and it will make you feel better if you're looking to go carnivore and you're concerned about heart issues. Yes. Okay. We'll link it. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because you even, even using statistics, right. Where I'm like, people understand numbers to be like, well, you know, 70% or more of people, 70% plus of people with heart disease and who have heart attacks had totally normal LDL, but it's like, no, no high LDL is the thing that I'm like, but no, no. Anyways. Yeah. Those are good ones for sure. Um, and I mean, you're just a walking testament to it, right? Like we need more anecdotal evidence for enough people to even get research. And it's so difficult to get accurate nutrition research and people don't understand it's because people aren't willing to do it long-term. People aren't willing to be, you know, structured with it and specific. And so it's so 
shoddy, the quote unquote research that we do have that exists. So, you know, Sean Baker and people like that are just doing such a great job, uh, you know, collecting that data the best they can to be able to do something with it. So, well, thank you for sharing. And Okay. Carnivore aside, I was reading on your bio where I'm like, uh, first of all, I haven't done human design, but I want to, because I've been recommended to do it by many people. I'm like, I wonder if we would be the same, but then I saw you're a true crime fan. I'm like, no wonder I love her. Just, okay. Do you you listen to podcasts or what's your like true crime of choice? You know what? I don't. And I, I have them like the true crime stuff and I've never listened. What I love doing with true crime. And this is where my love for it started is we had a local murder. And so it was all over Facebook. And in that someone was like, okay, here's the group for this. I'm like, what? Like, and it's like all these internet sleuths, you know, were, we basically, (laughs) I didn't chime in. I was always watching, but the group basically like knew who did it, put out all this information, like before the news put it out. So that's where I'm at. Facebook groups that, I mean, it's just, it's wild, the information they find. Um, I think some of them are like Crime Connect. I haven't been in them a lot lately. There's there, there's a few groups and mm-hmm. then they start new like pages for different cases and they're fascinating. I mean, it's amazing the breakthroughs that I listen to a ton of podcasts and they'll say like these <laughs> breakthroughs came from internet sleuths, they call them like armchair sleuths. So wow, you're really in it. I feel like that's a slippery slope that I cannot take myself down because there may not be no pulling me back. I'm like, sorry, I'm no longer doing nutrition and public health. I am, I will become- a I'm an investigator. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Cool. good for you. Yeah, I was going to say it's exciting because they're not like past ones that like, I don't know what the podcasts are about. I think it's mostly like past ones. Like the ones I'm in are like live and happening. Like this person was just murdered or this person's missing and they start a thing. So it's kind of like live time. So it's, it's very, very fascinating. And then of course, when the trial comes and all that, like some good stuff. Well, and like potentially opportunity for you to make a contribution, like how amazing. Okay. That's so interesting. Well, I am thrilled to know that about you. Okay. Finally, I want to be mindful of your time. I have a few rapid fire questions that I like to ask who is your biggest role model if you have one in the carnivore space or just in life yeah sure wherever or inspiration you know um okay personal i say my husband i bounce every idea off of him i think i don't want to give him a big ego if he listens but he really is like genius he knows everything about everything somehow so he's awesome um someone outside of that would be like gary vaynerchuk I'm always listening to his shit. It's very thought provoking. And even just hearing the same podcast on a different day, like you'll get a different takeaway. So he's what I listen to for like the business side of things. Yeah. Love Gary V. What is the best advice you've ever received? I, oh gosh, best advice. I don't know. I feel like I guess like lately is just the advice I get dealing with the haters. Cause I feel like that's like the one thing everything else is so good. And that's what keeps bringing me down. So it would just be like, you know, they're hurting. So if you can just have some like empathy for them and know that they're in a bad place and they're trying to take you down because they're unhappy, like they're projecting their, their issues onto you. And 
like, and you know, Gary V even says this, I shared it in my story the other day, like, imagine how that person feels in their life. If they take the time to watch your video shit all over your video, like they're not doing well. So it's, it makes sense, but it's hard in the moment when you're, you know, frustrated at the comments and having hurt feelings. But I'd say that's a good one. Easier said than done. Best book or resource you'd recommend to people? Book? Um, let's see. For carnivore? Sure. Okay. Um, well, we talked about Dr. Ovedia. He has a book, Stay Off My Operating Table. Um, super easy read, too. Like, it's not like okay. scientific you know, it's, it's really good. And then Carnivore Cure by Judy Cho. I haven't read it front to back. I think it's it's organized so nicely as like a go-to resource. So if you're thinking about a topic, you can just flip it open. Um, and I haven't, those are the only ones I have, but I do know like um, Ken Berry's Lies My Doctor Told Me is supposed to be really good. Uh, the Great Cholesterol Myth is supposed to be great. And there's one more that I'm blanking on that I know Steak and Butter Gal, they just did it for their book club. Um, I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember. Is it the, oh, the great surprise or the big surprise? Something like oh, that. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm adding add to cart all of them. Um, <laughs> do you have a personal mantra or quote that you kind of live by a guide by eat meat and question everything? Yeah. Put it on a t-shirt. Do you have it on a t-shirt? I do. I have t-shirts I sell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Also, add, and mugs. <laughs> also add to Oh, I think I need the, the mug. Oh, we didn't talk about coffee. Okay. Well, we'll have an excuse for another episode. Finally, if people want to learn more about you, what you've got going on, where can they find you? Um, I'm on all the social platforms. It is it's Courtney Luna. My full name was taken. So it's as part of it. Um, I'm really active. I would say like on Instagram, I feel like that's where I feel like I'm, you know, have this nurturing community. So lots in the stories, real life, all that. But yeah, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Pinterest. So an easy way to like organize my recipes would be on Pinterest. Um, and I guess that's it. And we'll share. I'll link everything, all your resources on my site so everyone can find you. And I just really, I do want to thank you personally so much, not only for doing this, but for sparking my carnivore curiosity again and I'm excited to have had the chance to connect and now I'm like I want to come to KetoCon I need yes oh my gosh yes do it yes I mean, that would be, be so fun you'll be my only friend so maybe I need to do some more networking before I'll be following you around like a puppy because I won't know anybody <laughs> else so thank no, you so great. so much and I know everyone will be thrilled to hear about your experience thank you for having me I'm just you know I'm so passionate about this that I just want to like shout it from the rooftop. So even if it just like helps one person that listens, like I will be happy. So yes, thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. We'll talk to you soon. Alrighty. Bye. That's all the time we have together this week. Thank you so much for being here with Courtney and I. Please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode every Sunday. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at KY Wellness. More details about all episodes can be found at kywellness.ca under the podcast tab. Don't forget to move your body, nourish your body, be kind to yourself, be kind to others. See you next week and keep yourself well.